All right, welcome to a special bonus episode of Couch Potato Diary. It is 5 a.m. in the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio, but this is the commitment when we watch Japanese, whether it be uh, MMA back in the day or pro wrestling now. This is this is what we do. Uh, night one of Wrestle Kingdom just in the books. My name is Peter Klein. You can um, follow me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at PrimetimeKlein. Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. And uh, you can email the show, CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. Again, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions Broadcasting Studio. So, night one of Wrestle Kingdom is in the books. Going to do a bonus episode for you. Not going to be super in-depth, because again, it's 5 o'clock in the morning here in Calgary. Um, Pre-show, we had the the, the Rambo, Rambo... the, the Royal Rumble thingy that they do. The final four participants involved will face off tomorrow in a fatal four-way. The the King of Pro Wrestling gimmick, uh, which is what this is for, hasn't really worked for me so far. We got a cool drinking thingy at some point in it, but otherwise, like, it's just, it, it has little to no meaning whatsoever. Uh, it was cool to see uh, Sima and, or, uh, Shima involved in this. Um, sorry, I'm, again, a little punchy right now. Uh, but it was cool to see Sima involved, and to now have him in the fatal four-way match it, it i guess makes it worth it the fatal four-way is going to be him uh, against Toru Yano, against Minoru Suzuki against Chase Owens there was nothing really from this match a couple like um uh Fujinami came out that was kind of neat the way they eliminated him was kind of cool where he had Makabe in a, a figure four and there was a, a dual pin so that was kind of neat but that was ba- like th- this match peaked at neat and then we got into the main show um and to start things off it was show against Yo as Rapungi 3k their rivalry comes to a head although they have had a couple of matches since their breakup show jumps Yo on the outside this was something in the early going, and some one of the themes of the the first part of the night was the Bullet Club meh that has kind of taken over the the Bullet Club. And one of the things Show does, he he starts faking like he's gonna do the dive to the outside, and then he crawls through the ropes and just does I, I think like a drop kick or something, or j- just kicked him. That spot is so overdone now, and we saw it again in the next match. It, it's just it, it was kind of neat when the young bucks would do like all the the backflips or whatever and then do the back rake and it, a couple of times when phantasm did it, it was oh okay we've evolved it now we've just ran it into the ground and the, the the whole bullet club thing over the last little bit where it's just excessive cheating after excessive cheating after excessive cheating it just doesn't come across very well in an era where no one can boo and that doesn't mean that you can't do heelish things it's just that this whole next the, the torture family or whatever it's called in the uh, of the bullet club like it just it hasn't really worked but overall that this felt like a pretty good match but it did feel like there was another gear that they could have gone to yo gets the win but it's on a roll up and just to have the babyface get the surprise roll up after getting the shit kicked out of him by yo and just getting tormented by this guy at every turn it didn't feel super satisfying but there is an opportunity with the the never uh six man titles on the line at tomorrow that there's an opportunity that maybe some Something can come from it, but like overall, a fine match. We'll, we'll give it three stars. The next one is a six-man tag. It's Hiroshi Tanahashi, Rocky Romero, and Ryusuke Taguchi against Kenta, Taiji Ishimori, and El Fantasmo. The second match in a row, we do the fake dive and then a, a stationary move where it's the um, Fantasmo does the hoop, bouncing on the ropes, and then a back rake, and then Ishimori does a weird dive, um, dance, and then a back rake. The second 
Ishimori turns on Phantasmo and becomes a babyface, that's going to be the biggest babyface turn, um, in my opinion, ever. Because uh, I am a huge Ishimori fan. I, I hate this tag team. Phantasmo, I suppose he is an effective heel because it bothers me every time he's on the screen. I find him annoying. I find every match of his, every Bullet Club match, basically, um, I find kind of the same. But the, the one thing about this match that kind of progressed things a little bit is that at the end of the match Tanahashi gets disqualified for walloping Kenta I believe with a chair a chair or a Kenta stick I, I forgot to write it down and again it's late um so you're at least seeing that Tanahashi the the ace of New Japan this guy who has been this the gold standard for this company for the last like 20 years is now willing to kind of embrace this evil kind of the the John Cena Kane story um, and, and go to this dark place ahead of the no disqualification United States Championship match tomorrow against Kenta. So there's there's a buildup to it, but I thought this match and the next one kind of highlighted the issue that we have with this year's Wrestle Kingdom, and that's this did not feel like a Wrestle Kingdom match. This You could have accomplished everything you did in this match with a Road 2 match. And, and basically the same thing for the next one. Like, you get Naito and... Sonata and Osprey and like you get all these guys on Wrestle Kingdom, but I just didn't think this show needed these. And um, by the time everything was done, like the pre-show starts at midnight, uh, Calgary time, and we wrapped up at about four forty-five. So th this four hours and forty-five minutes of a wrestling show, and even like going from one, which is when the the, the main card started, to 4.45. The show didn't need to be an almost a four-hour main card show. You could have cut out these multi-man tags and had a solid wrestling show. I get that there's an intermission that you have to do as well, but it just, it, they, these didn't, none of these felt like Wrestle Kingdom. All these felt like they were Road 2 matches. And my, like my only note for United Empire against LIJ in the next one, it was Osprey, um, Jeff Cobb, Great O'Conn against Naito, Bushi, and Sonata. My only note for this is that it happened like that just nothing progressed you get osprey getting a pinfall so you keep him on there but it just yeah it, it neither of these really spoke to me at all then you get one of the, the highlights of the night and that is katsuyori shibata taking on ren narita it was so cool to see shibata back on the big stage and then he changes it to a real wrestling match and i thought he looked great um like could this guy go 60 minutes with daniel or with brian danielson tomorrow yeah probably not but he he looked for for what this was and what this needed to be. Shibata was fantastic, and Narita was with him every step of the way. I, I think that this is a good graduation point now for Narita. He can go off on excursion and, and start the, the next phase of his career. And for Shibata, I think this could be a spark that New Japan needs because this feels like a very stale product right now. And Shibata, even just on a mid-card feuding with anyone, um, it's just going to feel fresh and it's going to be something that New Japan hasn't had for four years, five years now coming up on. So it's, it feels like it could be a bit of a spark that New Japan desperately needs. In the Never Open Weight Championship, our fifth bout, it was Tomohiro Ishii defending against Evil. My note here, usual evil stuff to start and then in the middle... And then at the end, and then Evil gets the win with Everything is Evil to claim the never open weight championship. I gave this one star. It just, it, 
Every evil match feels the same. And it's to say, it, every Bullet Club match is the same. You'll get a couple of things and then, oh, hey, here's cheating. And then there's some more cheating. And then if we're going to go really over the top, there's more cheating. Like, it's just, it is like you had a computer generate a heel match, right? Like, it's, there's no creativity involved in any of it. It's evil's going to go to the outside. He's going to attack this guy. He's going to do the, the thing where he puts the chair on the neck and he's going to do the baseball thing and he's going to look out. And then at some point he's going to pull the referee into harm's way. And then Dick Togo's going to come in and he's going to choke the dude. And then we're either going to get um, some interference from Yujiro. We got show in this one as well. Cause I mean, it's the big show. So you got to pull out all the big guns. Right. And then you're going to have either a referee distracted low blow or some, something along those lines and then that's going to lead to a finish like it's just every goddamn match is the same with these guys and it just kind of wears on you a bit and I like I I I was willing to give this way more rope than I think a lot of people were I, I think evil's look and the music and everything is fine and I think evil is a good worker but it's just they, they've pigeonholed him into this style now and now every match is just the exact same now we get into the, the real fun stuff of the evening. Match number six for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. It's the uh, Chaos Team of Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto taking on Dangerous Techers of Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. I could watch Zack Sabre Jr. all day. There's a couple of times where those submissions are locked in and it's just, it's a little long for me personally, but I mean, the, the smoothness that he goes from one move to the next is great. And even it took me a while to warm up on Tai Chi, but I'm, I'm really starting to get there now. I, uh, as this one goes along, I didn't think that this was going to be a, a chaos win. When, when Yoshihashi and uh, Hiroki Goto won the, uh, the world tag league, I was kind of, Oh, well, that's a little underwhelming, but okay. Um, but then as this match was going along, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, this might be the time to, to take the belts off these guys and and have them both do single runs. Like, we, we saw Zack Sabre Jr. was one of the stars of the G1, and Tai Chi was one of the ones early on, and then he started to fall off a little bit late. And I thought they tied that in really well in the middle part of this match, where Tai Chi starts to really go after Yoshihashi, and it was a, a, a loss to Yoshihashi that started the downfall of Tai Chi. So I thought that was a nice bit of just tying everything in there. Um, I, I really bet on a near fall... It looked like the um, Goto calls lights out and they, they hit it on Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. breaks it up. But eventually the chaos gets the, the win. They are the new tag team champions. And I think this should be the end now for Dangerous Techers. I would like to see Tai Chi break off, but I would especially like to see Zack Sabre Jr. break off. And this is where last year unifying the Intercontinental and the Heavyweight Championship I thought was a mistake for New Japan because I think both of these guys would be, I mean, more so um, Taichi. I think Zack Sabre Jr. can move right into the main title picture. But I, I think Taichi would be perfect for an Intercontinental title role, like just something to help build them, build, build a star up to a, a world title spot. So I, I thought getting rid of the IC title was a mistake. Both these guys kind of fit in there. But this match was really, really good. Um, the, the one issue that you would have with breaking up this tag team is that the, the tag team division isn't the deepest right now, but you, you figure that out later. You have to, a couple guys who I think are ready for singles runs. Uh, three and a half stars and, and probably the match of the night so far. Not the moment of the night, that was Shibata. But up until this point, this was the match of the night. And then it got passed as El Desperado defends his IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against Hiromu Takahashi. 
Um, I like that just right away, they both went at each other. And this match was just a sprint after they have the 30-minute the time limit draw. Um, I believe that was in Best of the Super... Yeah, it was in Best of the Super Juniors. Like, th these were... This wasn't a, okay, need to feel each other out thing. That They just went right after each other, and it was a sprint the entire way. Uh, I thought both guys looked really, really good. And in the end, El Desperado gets the win. This was a fun match, and I think kind of a star-making night for El Desperado. Though the real one came in the, the build-up to him winning his first IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship when Hiromu uh, went down with the injury. But... This kind of cemented Desperado as one of the guys in the junior heavyweight division. As far as what's next for Hiromu, they, on the English broadcast, which I don't know how much they get and how much they, they just kind of try to guess along with things, but they mentioned that maybe this, like, that this is a feud that is not over yet, and it, if that is the case, I, I would be fine with that, but I hope by summertime we get Hiromu in the heavyweight division. I, I think that he would be someone who, again, we're talking about looking for a spark in New Japan. I think you need to kind of graduate a couple of these guys from junior heavyweight up to the heavyweight ranks to just freshen things up a little bit. Uh, but I, I gave this match four stars. And in the main event, it was Shingo Takagi defending his IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against Kazuchika Okada. Excuse me. Uh, Okada comes out with, um, it looked like an Inoki tribute. Some people saying online it was, some people saying it wasn't. I really liked the story they were telling in this match. As these two have, have wrestled before, there was a back and forth in the early going. And this is a story that I, I kind of like when it's told well. When you have one guy who is doing a lot, and then the powerful wrestler, one move changes everything. And you saw that throughout this match. And I, I thought a good spot to highlight that was a DDT spot on the floor. Okada hits a DDT on the floor. Um, Shingo kind of stays there in kind of a half plant, like almost a, for, for yoga people, almost a, a downward dog. And then he just deadlift suplexes Okada. And I thought that was a good kind of highlight to show the story of the early part of this match where Okada would get quite a bit of offense in and then Takagi would hit a couple big moves and the tide would turn back into Shingo's favor. I also really appreciated the, the desperation that Shingo had when he was trying to get out of the money clip. And they, they brought this up on the English broadcast tonight where he knew that he couldn't stay in that money clip for, for very long. And he's someone who has experienced that hold before. And I thought that was a, a good way of continuing to get over that hold as it went along. And I, I thought another, uh, another thing that I really liked from this, I, I really liked this match just in general. Um, I thought they did again on the commentary and again in this match, did a good job of driving home like, yes, Okada has lost to Shingo before, but this is this is Wrestle Kingdom. This is a different night. And you can see Okada had a different moveset with the, sorry, um, with the, I just apologized to my desk, um, with the, the missile drop kick off the top rope and he's doing the dive into the, the barricade area and things like that. Like it just, it, it took him to another level, but again, Anytime he would get on a roll, Shingo would hit a big power move to turn the tide. And then you start to tell the story that can, is Okada avoiding the Rainmaker because Shingo has countered it at every turn. And not only has he countered it, he's countered it rather impactfully. And I thought that was a very well-told story. Then finally, the Rainmaker is hit, but he can't follow up on it. So the match continues for a bit, but the finish comes as Okada finally hits the Rainmaker. The crowd not allowed to cheer 
cannot help themselves from audibly gasping and cheers come out as Okada hits the Rainmaker to become the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship the first time he holds the World Heavyweight title after being the IWGP Heavyweight Champion and one of the, the best champions in the history, the 50-year history, as we are uh, going to be told an awful lot this year as they celebrate their 50th anniversary. But in the history of this company, he's one of the best that has ever done it. I loved it. Um, I, I'm a big Shingo guy, so I would have liked this weekend to have been his coronation much like last year kind of was for Kota Ibushi but I get it from a, a New Japan standpoint we're starting to see things go down in, in Japan um, and like we've talked about th this entire show we've talked about this being a bit of a stale product in New Japan right now and they need a bit of a spark and I think Shingo is a good champion and I think he'll be champion again but this is a company right now as things start to open up a little bit more in Japan and I think they're going to um again I, I have no insight on that but it's just their their average cases in the entire country of 150 million people is at 452 so it seems like things should start to open up in the, the calendar year 2022 in in Japan and as you're able to get more fans into buildings it feels like having your biggest draw as the world heavyweight champion that seems to make some sense so I understand instead of going with a bit of an unproven commodity from a ticket selling perspective go with the guy that you know that works go with the guy that you know you can put on the TV shows that they have out there and you can put them on the poster and you'll put butts in seats so it, it, it makes sense um, but I, I would like to see a strong follow-up here from Shingo Takagi, I don't want him to just fall into the land of the, all due respect to these performers, but into the land of the Ishii's and the evils and stuff like that. Like, I think he has graduated from that level. If we wanted to tell a bit of a, a story where he, he falls off just a little bit further, I think he would be a good introductory kind of feud for Zack Sabre Jr. to work his way a bit more far into that probably bad grammar, um, but a little bit further into the World Heavyweight Championship picture. So we are now getting ready for day two. The main event we now know is going to be Kazuchika Okada defending, uh, or I guess trying to unify the World Heavyweight Championships as he and Will Ospreay will face off. There was a, a mic exchange. Ospreay does the, the cringy Conor McGregor thing. They're all wearing Versace robes, him and the, the United Empire, which I thought was kind of neat. But uh, again, he's smarmy and... I, you don't like him, but that's what a heel is supposed to do, I suppose. Um, the, the match tomorrow is going to be phenomenal. You also have uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Kenta for the United States Championship. You have the Fatal 4-Way match that I mentioned. There's a um, triple threat tag for the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles with Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask taking on uh, Bullet Club of Ishimori and El Fantasmo, and then the the coaches with Taguchi and with Rocky Romero. So it, it should be a fun one. I'm looking. I th this whole week I've been looking forward more to night two than to night one. But th this one, um, the announced attendance about twelve thousand people. The, the building looked great. It was cool to have Wrestle Kingdom back, and it, it was it was definitely one of those nights where I was more excited just to be watching Wrestle Kingdom than I was for anything, aside from the, the co-main and for the, the main event. The, the rest of the show really did feel like it was a uh, a road to show, and a lot of it probably could have been cut out. And I, I understand why it wasn't. You have travel restrictions on a number of different guys right now. You have a building that you can't fill close to capacity and what's kind of your, your big, like, 
set the table for the whole year show. And so you need to do two shows to try to get that revenue back. But you also don't have a large talent pool to draw from. The best way to have these guys on back-to-back nights, the best way to have a Hiroshi Tanahashi on back-to-back nights is to put them in six-man tags. I get it. It just, it kind of, it took a while for this to feel like an important night. And we eventually got there, but this is going to be one where you look back on it a few years from now. It's like, wait, that was a Wrestling Kingdom match? That's... That's where I'm at, anyway. Uh, But hey, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, It's time for me to go to bed, as you can probably tell. I'll be back a little bit later on today with the the regular Couch Potato Diary, talking about the NFL, some NHL stuff in there as well. Um, So thank you very much. Please rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. Uh, Follow me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at PrimetimeKlein. Shout out to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. They are the sponsor for the studio. They cleaned our place up before we had family over on Christmas Eve, and it looked immaculate. I'll be telling you more about that as the weeks go on as well. But thank you guys and uh, if all things go well, I'll talk to you a couple times in the next 24 hours as we have some sports to talk about and then we'll have night two of Wrestle Kingdom. Talk to you guys later.